this show, I act as a mirror to get the wisdom reflected from a host of very smart, intelligent people who have a lot to contribute to the society and enrich our knowledge in various dimensions. Today, we have none other than Dr. Nandita Shah, a very renowned expert in this field, who's going to inform us. And she's a doctor who believes that we are our own healers. I totally second her opinion that unless we understand our own body, who else will understand? How can anybody else understand? For the past 15 years, she has presented multiple health workshops in India and all over the world, inspiring others to make a dietary and lifestyle changes towards positive health. So dietary and lifestyle going back to basic is what she has ex explained to us. She has conducted various health shops across the country, reversing, reversing diabetes and hypertension by eating well. And the best thing that I liked, it's not losing weight and all those dietary fats. She said, we are hanging on to the weight, how to let go the weight that we have to become more comfortable in our own body. She has considered and has multiple retreats across the world from UAE to the rest of Europe and everywhere. She's the founder of Sharan. She does the mind and body connection and has always been an integral part of her work. And as I said, it's not the mind which connects the body only, it's the body and the mind. It's like the classical example I was taught way back, that when you are happy, you smile. But when you are sad, do make an effort to smile. You will see the mood which can change. So with her work in health and nutrition, she has many participants make changes that have enabled them to reach their highest potential. Dr. Nandita Shah is the author of the book, Reversing Diabetes in 21 Days, published in India. This book, friends, has a record number of reprints and has been in India number one bestseller in the field of endocrinology. Now, endocrinology, exocrinology, human body is beautifully made of endocrine glands, the pancreas being one of them. And this is where she has a mastery to understand the internal organs and how food that we eat, our mood changes, our swings in understanding about your sleep, your rest, how everything can be done and change from food and understanding your body. Dr. Nandita Shah has received the prestigious Nari Shakti Award 2016 from the President of India in recognition of her work in the field of health and nutrition. Dr. Nandita Shah, thank you so much for being with us and sparing your valuable time to give us four inputs this evening. Thank you so much, ma'am. I would like to know how did your journey start? You are also a doctor by profession. How did you get involved in diet, nutrition, so very essential and not just so prophylactic, not just curative part of medicine. Please go ahead. Tell us your, your journey in life from medicine to this. Okay. First of all, I want to thank you for inviting me because it's a real pleasure to be with you. Uh, ever since I was young, I was, my parents liked healthy food and I used to eat what my parents brought me up to think was healthy, which was lots of fruits and vegetables, but lots of dairy. I used to have milk three times a day at a time when in Bombay it wasn't easily available, you know, because there were still ration booths for milk. But my parents took the trouble because they thought it was so healthy. And so um, I actually got admission into Naya Medical College and I decided not to go for uh, that, but go for homeopathy because I really believed that I wanted to heal with the least chemicals possible. But actually, I realized that, you know, all basic sciences are the same, no matter where you learn it, surgery, gynec, medicine, it's all the same. Now, what happened to me was that as I was uh, growing up, I realized that in order for us to consume milk, a cow is artificially inseminated, which is like rape, and the baby is taken away from her so that her milk can be sold in the market. And when I re recognized this, I realized that yes, every mammal produces milk only for their young and no animal in nature drinks another animal's milk. And when I was young, my grandmother used to feed us cheek. Cheek is a colostrum. And so I realized that my God, you know, when male calves are born, they don't even get the first milk of their mothers. So for me, it was like cruelty and I left it. But when I left it, I started seeing articles in all kinds of scientific journals about why milk was bad. And I realized that, you know, I had to get this out of my mind that you need milk to survive in order to be able to see those articles. 
they all started jumping in front of me and one of the things that was most common because you know we think that we need milk for calcium where will you get calcium if you don't get have milk and i recognized that the highest incidence of osteoporosis was in the countries with the highest consumption of dairy I, you know these are scientific journals that i'm reading and so and i looked back and i thought about it because in that time in india not so many people suffered from osteoporosis but abroad a lot more people suffered from osteoporosis and at that time dairy consumption in india was relatively lower than abroad so i said oh you know we have been told a lie all this time that we need milk for calcium and then i could see all the truths in front of me because where does a cow get the calcium from and how come people take calcium tablets and don't get better even i mean how do people who have consumed dairy all their lives get osteoporosis in the first place right so all these questions started coming in front of me and i needed to find the answers and the more i looked into it the more i recognized that today we've been brought up that we are omnivores right i mean i grew up as a vegetarian but i grew up thinking that human beings are omnivores but when i recognized this truth i started recognizing so many other things that every animal eats according to their instincts and a cow will instinctively eat grass and a lion will instinctively eat meat but if we were on a farm and we saw fruits and vegetables we instinctively feel like picking them but if you see a chicken walk by or a goat or a cow our mouth doesn't water so much so and i just realized this so much so that you know when we when we are babies we don't want to leave our mother's milk but when we are first given cow's milk does anyone appreciate right and so mothers add sugar and cocoa and run around us you know we've taught to leave our instincts from the time we are born because the first things our parents tell us teach us is what to eat and we've been conditioned by the dairy industry yes yeah so brilliant i mean but let me ask you a question on a corollary to that from ages together that we have seen from centuries you know the hindu culture has praised cow always the cow milk and you know we have divided the deity also and our forefathers from centuries have been having this what is the harm if my body has got used to it i mean i i take your point of view and yes. this patch so i'm just trying to counteract that what is it again why should i be against if i have been doing that over the number of centuries maybe the pita pasta as well i really yes. appreciate your question because you know that's a question of everybody right that yes. that krishna ke zamane mein doodh peete the to ye kya right but if we think about it krishna had how many cows how many cows did he have lots right okay so yes. some people say 100 some people say 1000 but let's say even if he had only 50 if someone has 50 cows why would he be stealing milk right and that's because when the calf drinks the milk of the mother there's nothing left right because no mother produces more milk than her baby requires and so when there's a little bit left that kept safely and krishna was stealing i was a child growing up in bombay uh, milk was available in ration booths and there were two kinds of milk tone milk coming from abroad uh, you know it was reconstituted milk that milk was not readily available in mumbai and that paneer was a way to rescue spoiled milk today it's an item and cheese was not even available now one one uh, ounce or one gram of cheese is equal to 16 grams of milk one gram of paneer is equal to 12 to 16 gram 12 grams of milk right so when we are consuming these things we are consuming milk in concentrated form now you know vegetarians and non vegetarians get the same diseases right and that's because milk and meat as we all know as doctors milk and meat have the same properties high protein high fat and no fiber but what does our body need our body needs high minerals high vitamins plenty of fiber and in fact today even though protein and protein supplements are excessively prescribed excess protein causes 
acidity, osteoporosis, gout, kidney disease, and cancer. Wow, very interesting what you mentioned, ma'am, that it can give you osteoporosis because right now the Atkins diet and all the high popular, and I'm, I'm a Gujarati, I'm a vegetarian. So I've always been feeling that protein intake is very little from ages together. And that has been one of the biggest things in calories, majority comes from the carbohydrates and the fat. So it's a very interesting thing that you are trying to say that osteoporosis protein can give rise to that. My ideal would be one gram per kilo of protein, which would be required. Ideally speaking, one to two grams, which I would need. Uh, and I see, I used to study when I was studying in the US, I see in those ads big there that if you're, if you don't have a mustache of milk on your mouth, you are going to be weak. So the dairy industry really promoted milk big time. Big time. And yes, I, and I agree know, with you. For the, yes, yes. Yeah, the PCOD I just like is to explain. I just like yes. to explain. You know, our body is alkaline. Okay. Right. And when we put anything acidic into our body, then we have to take calcium out of the bones to neutralize this. Wow. Interesting. And when we eat high protein, you know, protein breaks down into amino acids and it's acid yielding in our body. And so the minute you consume excess protein, you are breaking down bones and muscles in order to neutralize that protein, that acid. So if you, and, and if you consume an alkaline diet and that everybody has heard of, you know, because anyone who's um, talking about healthy diets talks about an alkaline diet fruits and vegetables are alkaline. So automatically we know, you know, I mean, there's so many indications that we don't really connect to, but in nature, every animal eats their food raw. Even an omnivore eats its food raw, right? Can you have milk raw? Can you have any of the non-veg that we consume raw? Can we eat it whole? No. So, you know, we have over the years been taught by advertisements and, and our social and conditioning and everything. But I always tell my patients that if you want to know what to eat and what not to eat, make a list of everything that's advertised and don't eat that. Because no one is going to advertise what's in our instinct. We don't see advertisements for carrots and cucumbers or apples and oranges but we do see ads, as you said, for milk. Now, remember that milk mustache ad? Yes. Do you remember it in your mind? Absolutely. Okay. What brand was that? Tell me, was there a brand? No, there wasn't. There wasn't. It was just there a There wasn't a brand. Freeway. Yes. 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 And so who's advertising it, you know? It's the... The dairy has a union, a dairy has a lobby, and they put all their money into huge advertisements so that we keep believing, and this is brainwashing, so that we keep believing that we need milk. How about, you know, we are, we are known for the Guju culture, that buttermilk, most people feel extremely relieved for the probiotic component. Is that a good idea? You know, pro, probiotic, you need some probiotics in life. Okay, so I really thank you for that question. And I, I love the questions you're asking because those are the questions that everyone has. So let's think a little bit about probiotics. You know, buttermilk is in Guju culture, sure. But uh, let's say it's not in other cultures. And uh, so we were having probiotics, but think about it. When we want to set curds, all we need is a little spoon of curd and put it in the milk and next morning you have all the curd, which means the bacteria multiplies according to the need. Now in our intestine, we have bacterial flora and the families of bacteria are precisionly arranged in the right proportion, right? And we don't need to add anything, especially not probiotics in order to keep the bacterial flora in place because they know how to do it. Because if you have one right bacteria, you have as many as you need. We already saw that from setting the curd, right? Yep. Actually, have you ever tried taking probiotics in large quantities, the commercial probiotic? But if you're just hanging around, would you ever take a probiotic? No. Now, I, here's I what I suggest. About my meal. If I have changed my cuisine from one to another, hmm. I can distinctly hmm. see that the gut flora changes. 
my acid alkaline ba- right. balance right 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 so just think about it when we eat the wrong foods we mess up our digestive tract but if we i mean we don't need to take any probiotic every day in order to keep in fact if you just do an experiment and take a dose of probiotic your digestive tract will not feel good the next day oh, that's how interesting it is you know very interesting what is your opinion on the autophagy and the intermittent diet and the huge fasting how, okay. how do you take this now so let's take intermittent fasting because intermittent fasting has become very common these days and let's think what is intermittent fasting because you know what sharan sharan stands for sanctuary for health and reconnection to animals and nature can i just go back to this and then i'm yes. going to write down these questions so that i don't forget them uh, yes. that, that you asked about autophagy and intermittent fasting but i just want to go back to the origins of sharan okay yes. Yes. so so sharan would you just slow go slow on the full form of sharan s h a r a n okay so it's an acronym for sanctuary for health and reconnection to animals and nature now health animals nature what has it got to do with each other and actually what i recognize is that animals in nature know how to be well i mean we have a lot of hospitals but they really know how to heal themselves and you know i told you the story of i moved from bombay i used to live in bombay uh, to oroville where i live now and i live on a small house on the beach with lots of nature around and when i moved into my house a cat moved in with me and i started observing my cat and nature and i realized that you know when they get sick they know how to heal themselves when they pass stool they go around smell it to see the condition of their gut so that they know how to correct and they always look after themselves and i've had over the last 21 years that i've been here so many animals and i rarely i mean the only reason i go to a vet almost is for sterilization because all my animals are rescued and i don't want to produce more but um they know how to heal themselves because they're in the open they eat by themselves they do whatever they have to do and they are always healthy so why are we sick is the question that came to my mind you know and the reason we are sick according to me is that we are eating and living the way we have been taught to by our culture or society but not the way we have been designed to by nature or god and that's how sharan came into a place because sharan has two meanings sharan also means sharan as in sanskrit or hindi you know yes now to go to the intermittent fasting and the um, autophagy so intermittent fasting what is intermittent fasting you know if we were living in nature and we had to pick our own food then you won't start eating before say 8 or 9 in the morning before sunrise right and you have to stop eating at sunset because you can't uh, look out for your food after sunset and anyway it's dark right which means that we are not going to be eating for more than 8 or maybe 10 hours in a day and that's exactly what intermittent fasting is right okay. so intermittent fasting is a fancy name but it's for the way we were supposed to eat because now we're eating all day long from say 6 in the morning to 10:30 at night so that that's not the right way so now if we don't have milk how what is the source of calcium that is the most common question because it has been ingrained in our mind that milk is equivalent to calcium where are we going to get the calcium from okay so did you know that sesame seeds contains 10 times the amount of calcium per gram as milk that means you just have to have a handful of se- i mean a, a, a tiny bit of sesame and you had all the calcium that you need for the day and not only that you know uh, there are lots of things that have more calcium than uh, of course moringa and lots of green leafy vegetables have a lot of calcium and nuts and seeds 
and beans have calcium too. So it's really hard. Did you know that there's no dietary insufficiency of calcium known in the world? That means no one on any normal unhealthy or healthy diet has suffered from a dietary insufficiency of calcium. But they are losing calcium because of the unhealthy diets. Wow, and we are not. Now, this is something very important that you are trying to mention. That it is not that we are eating wrong. By eat, you are not insufficient in calcium, but you are neutralizing and removing calcium by alkalizing your acidic food which you are having. That's a very interesting concept. And, and, and your bones and demineralization happens because of that. You know Ma'am, what I realized? Yes, go ahead, okay. go ahead, go ahead. What I realized is that nature gives us everything in abundance. We have two kidneys, we can do with one. We have two lungs, we can do with one. We can do with a part of our liver. But, you know, we have two eyes, two ears, two... We have abundance. And, you know, right. we never tell anyone to measure the amount of protein or calcium or anything that they're eating because it's really hard to get in insufficiency now very important question how can we reverse diabetes now this is something which you have touched and you're very good at i need to know this because a lot of patients are suffering badly obesity you know losing weight over their tummy and you know all those hulk of my friends who are working very heavy all those people walking on the beach but not losing weight tell us what is the secret what is it that we can do how can we reverse diabetes blood pressure okay so you know what you know as much as me and so do all the other doctors, okay? But we have been taught something different. Like, we haven't been taught much of nutrition, but we have been taught how to use medicines. But here's the thing, that when someone gets diabetes and they're given medicine, they already know that they will never get cured with medicines. Because, and I'm going to say something which sounds like a big statement, but if you think about it, you know that it's largely true that medicines almost never cure. Let's say antibiotics can help you in a very, you know, in, in emergency cases, medicines are extremely useful, but medicines never cure. But the body always heals and the body knows how to heal and the body tells us how to heal. For example, if someone gets fever, what will their body tell them? When you have fever, your body tells you how to heal. Okay? Your body is going to tell you how to heal because your body tells, our body tells us through symptoms everything that it needs to tell us. So your body is going to tell you how to heal. Now, when you have fever, what does your body tell you? Rest, take care, reduce the stress. Very good. Yes. Rest, take care, reduce the stress, number one. Number two? Good question. Good question. Your diet should be good to give to for it to heal because you need to eat well at that time. So and does your body say eat well when you have fever? No, it, it reduces the appetite automatically. You have nausea. Very good. Correct. That, that's fabulous. So your body says don't eat right. and rest. Right? And what does your mother say? eat something. Okay, that's besides the point. But anyway, your body says rest and don't eat. And you know why it says that? Because body can only do one thing at a time. I mean, external fire. I know it's breathing and uh, heart pumping and everything. But when we are digesting, we cannot be healing. And so maximum healing takes place at complete rest, which is why you know, we put patients in hospital, that means they get complete rest, they're going to heal faster. So when, when we have fever, body says take rest, and body says don't eat. Because if you eat, body has to spend energy in digestion and can't spend energy in healing. Yeah, I'm sorry. I am just wanted yeah. to reiterate your point. How much energy that we spend on pure digesting food for the amount of calories that we eat, how much is spent? 60%? in just plain digesting your food? Well, it depends on the food. Okay. If you eat foods which are natural to our species, ah. we use less calories. But if you eat, and we all know it, because when you eat, say, paneer or chicken or cheese, how do you feel? 
right okay. you feel heavy yes. you feel like you don't you don't have energy to move and that's because all the energy is going into digestion but if you eat an apple or bananas or something even multiple bananas you don't feel less energetic because your your calories are not going to digest you know your energy is not going to digest but now let's go back to uh, fever so when we get fever if we listen to the body the fever is going to go but if you get fever and you take a medicine to bring down the fever actually why has your body raised the temperature body has raised the temperature so that bacteria cannot multiply at the same rate as they were multiplying before because i mean just as we boil water you know to decrease the multiplication of the bacteria or to kill them so our body raises the temperature so that bacteria can't multiply then we bring down the temperature through an antipyretic and then we have to take an antibiotic to kill the bacteria i mean you know but actually your body knows how to do it now now that we said that but let's come back to this very important factor diabetes and milk uh, what yeah, is the connection between triglycerides sugar okay. insulin and diabetes okay. yes ma'am okay milk. so you know what we have we have the thought process or we kind of been told that milk uh, that that sugar is the cause of diabetes no high blood sugar is the result of diabetes the cause of diabetes is insulin resistance and lack of insulin now if we want to get rid of diabetes we need to ask ourselves the question what is the cause of insulin resistance type 2 diabetes let's say huh? just for now type 2 diabetes what is the cause of insulin resistance and the minute you put your finger on the cause of insulin resistance diabetes gone for example let me just tell you all the causes of diabetes okay yes, number 1 yes number 1 yes. fat fat because fat inside our muscle cells causes insulin resistance now where is the fat coming from oil ghee butter and all animal products boiled milk fat on top boiled chicken fat on top boiled fish fat on top all animal products are full of fat and even 2% milk 35% of its calories come from fat okay so you can't take out the fat right and plus only animals produce cholesterol this is another story not to do with diabetes but only animals produce cholesterol we are animals we produce cholesterol but all the uh, animal products give us extra cholesterol but there's no cholesterol in plants there's no cholesterol in coconuts or cashews unlike what some people think right okay so coming back to diabetes number one cause is fat number two cause is lack of fiber because fiber holds on to fat and takes it out actually in nature with the foods that we are supposed to eat you never get free fat like oil is a man made substance or butter or ghee oil is a man made substance but where there's lots of fat there's lots of fiber so nature is protective like for example a tender coconut doesn't have much fat not much fiber not required but a mature coconut has lots of fat lots of fiber protected so when we have this fiber we are protected right okay so uh so source so of fibers fat, sources of fibers ma'am for a fiber common. is only found in plants but if the plant is refined there's no more fiber there's no fiber in sugar or oil and almost no fiber in white rice or white flour and we also remove fiber by peeling vegetables and fruits you know i mean we should not peel anything that a monkey could not peel we should eat things as whole as possible because everybody is worried about fiber you know that's why there are fiber food available but it's right there in front of us all all vegetables yes. all salads everything is is full of is fiber 
So your your takeaway from this is uh, reducing reducing or stopping milk. Is that what you say? Okay, so you know we were talking about diabetes, yeah. and we 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 talked about how the cause of diabetes are number one fat and fiber, and then the next cause of diabetes is chemicals because diabetes is a hormonal problem, and chemicals are hormone disruptors. When one hormone goes out of balance, others do too. Now we are actually right now in a sea of chemicals. Where are the chemicals? In our packaged foods, in our non-organic foods. Most people buy non-organic foods. Then, in all our personal care products, which are absorbed through the body, toothpaste and soaps and shampoos and perfumes and deodorants and hair dyes and cosmetics and whatever you know, hand sanitizers, and then. the home care products the air fresheners and the agarbattis and the uh, mosquito repellents and the uh, phenyls and chemicals you know the detergents and all that and and then of course the environmental chemicals is the third one now not only are hormones chemicals are not only are chemicals hormone disruptors but even hormones are where are the hormones coming into our body from of course medicines like steroids or oral contraceptives or whatever can can affect and vitamin d is a hormone as well that we often forget and and you know some of us on are on medicines for hypothyroid and this and that so medicines can be chemicals i mean medicines can be hormone disruptors but also all animal products like for example milk we already know that milk contains um estrogen and progesterone and prolactin and oxytocin and growth hormones and so many hormones so they upset our hormonal balance and that's why milk is one of the very big causes of diabetes uh, i'm just mentioning a few right so if right. we get if we put our fingers on the cause of diabetes and remove them diabetes gone and it's the same for hypertension or hypothyroid or even cancer and autoimmune diseases wow. so directly the pancreas get affected because of our milk and milk products and the end organ insulin effect on the end organ the glucose utilization doesn't happen so you're trying to say that if we do this very high chances that the body gets sensitized to insulin the way it is supposed to behave and not the abnormal did you rate. know milk contains igf insulin like growth factor so igf looks like insulin but it's not insulin and it takes a place of insulin on the receptors and raises um insulin resistance now one simple experiment that anybody from the audience can do is to take uh take milk completely out of their diet now milk means milk cheese butter cream paneer ice cream curds buttermilk and even the milk powder in the biscuits and the wafers but if you take milk completely out of your diet you will see blood sugars drop i mean really diabetes and hypertension are toothless paper tigers that should not affect anyone in this world if we were eating right wow so that's brilliant reiteration again that diabetes and blood pressure are created by us only and which is why the treatment is right within your mind and body and your food and your gut your gut is the most important part which can treat your diabetes and blood pressure what is this vegan exactly what comes under the purview of vegan diet okay so i do want to say that we are little more than vegan yes but but nowadays we know that so many people have switched to a vegan diet i mean even our own cricket captain has uh, you know and and so many celebrities including bill clinton has been vegan for 10 years now and so on and so forth and bill clinton switched to a vegan diet because he had a stent put in and that was getting blocked okay so he read about how actually uh, cardio um, you know like heart disease and hypertension and all these things can be prevented by a healthy diet now what is vegan diet vegan diet is eating foods that were meant for our species fruits vegetables beans grains seeds and no eating anything that comes from an animal 
no meat fish chicken eggs not even milk or honey right now we are a little ahead of vegan diet because we say that eat only those foods which nature has designed for us but also which can be obtained naturally for example oil is an artificial product or sugar is an artificial product right these are not natural so we eat a whole food plant based diet that means we teach people how to cook really delicious foods even samosas without a drop of oil yeah Absolute so we teach all of this stuff and it's delicious and you know i used to conduct a 21 day health retreat where we had a residential program that's the way my that's how my book was named um where we had people come for 21 days and we would just serve healthy food i mean breakfast lunch snacks dinner buffets of healthy food no calorie counting and everyone would get well we do all the lab tests at the beginning all the lab tests at the end and during those 21 days cut down medications in fact people went out sometimes people have come in with 24 medications gone out on four you know and oh, and with results like test and test fantastic i mean that's so, a brilliant approach that you're saying that diet itself you can cure with simple stuff no control on the number of calories eat as much as you want don't starve to death in nature obesity does not exist because people i mean animals eat what they are meant to eat brilliant. i mean we have never defined the goal what is it we are supposed to eat yours is mine mine is mine and everything is mine that's how human nature has been ma'am but tell me this journey to nari stri award must have been a great journey to get on to that level and uh, what is it that precipitated to get to that what all the what are the achievements which led you to getting to the nari stri award from president of india well i must say i was surprised <laughs> myself okay so i had no idea actually my book came out after that so but but you know i have to say one thing that so many people have benefited by making the shift to a plant based diet and so many people have recovered their health and i have really no idea how i got selected for that. what is it in your personal life that made you get into this what was the stimulus did, did it something get in also i wanted you to ask me and answer the question on immunity and diet you know your immune status any your any of these long term rheumatoid arthritis sle lupus can we can we have any of these treated by your methodology your milk milk product gluten free diet or vegan diet please expand on that okay so since we don't have a lot of time i'm going to join these two together what yes. brought me to this and that and you know i suffered from an autoimmune disease guillain barre and i suffered from a very severe form of it actually where you know one day i was fine and the next day i mean anyway it's always like that but it went pretty quick with me and within just a week i could not stand up uh, after i realized the first symptoms and you know i already knew what i had but i anyway went to neurologist and he confirmed the diagnosis and i was shocked and of course he said that you should get admitted because you know it can also affect the lungs and you may not be able to breathe and we should have you in the hospital and i knew that i didn't want to take immunoglobulins or steroids which was the drug you know at that time it was the uh, drugs of choice and so i went home and i had some i had two people coming to help me morning and night to turn me in the bed to help me with bodily functions to feed me everything but i decided none of this because i believe that our body produces symptoms in order to tell us something and i had to listen to my body and understand what it's trying to tell me and make changes according to that so that i would get healthier again and of course you know that was also what led me to move because i knew i had to change my life but 
one thing I know, you know, I got the autoimmune disease because of a rabies vaccine that I took because of a, a, a sudden dog bite of a dog I didn't know. And, but then I went back the next day and didn't continue the rest of the vaccinations, but I still got it. But here's the thing. Autoimmune diseases are caused by foreign protein. And vaccination is one form of foreign protein, but animal products that we're not supposed to consume is another form. And autoimmune diseases can be reversed by a healthy vegan diet, especially depending on the autoimmune disease, of course. Uh, on a healthy vegan diet, if you catch the patients well in advance, you know, for example, I, I mean, like, if you have a case of multiple sclerosis that is totally bedridden, then you cannot recover everything, right? But if you have a case of lupus or um, um, even vitiligo and so many other things, many, many of these can be reversed. Psoriasis, and we have so many cases of autoimmune re reverse including cases of multiple sclerosis and ankylosing spondylitis, Very rheumatoid arthritis, left, right, and cell. What is your experience of the gluten-free diet? You know, one more fad which is there across the world, you know. And one more okay. thing, the U.S. is pure uh, leaves and that without even baking or cooking them. Raw diet, raw food. Okay, great. So let's take gluten-free first. And imagine if you see a, a fields of green wheat or rice growing, does your mouth water? No. no. Whose mouth will water? Maybe a cow. So we are eating cow food. Gluten is not our food. Wheat is not our food in nature and wheat we cannot eat raw. So no wonder we have gluten intolerance. And I must say that I don't have gluten intolerance and I do eat gluten sometimes. I mean, at least a couple of times a week or thrice a week, I do eat it. But we do have gluten intolerance because gluten is not our food. In the same way as lactose intolerance because milk is not our food, right? So uh, these are like, you know, these are foods that are not, now every animal eats their food raw. And right now, Sharon teaches, <clears throat> teaches stage one of health, which is whole, plant-based, and organic. But beyond that is stage two, which is no gluten or no, no grains. And stage three is only raw. And stage four is only fruitarian. And there are people at all these stages healthier than me. You know? And stage five, totally living on light and because you're a ophthalmologist oh, wow. here's what i'd like on to light. share I've, with i've heard of this living that living on light but i've still not been able to digest that it's far too fetched an imagination for me that just but you know what yes you have to see the people to believe it have you seen it have you personally experienced that oh we've invited those people to sharan to speak and we have people who are living with them and seeing that they do not eat at all. What about water? They get their energy. Uh, so one of them doesn't have water. Others do have water. But they get their energy directly from where plants get their energy from the sun. But you know what? It's a spiritual process. Like you and I, we cannot do this at this level. We but have to have go through the other levels. No, I would trust you if you, I have not seen any, so I will not vouch for that. But if you have seen, I take your word for that. I have, have seen two. I have met two personally, and I've been so impressed by their energy. You know why? Because they don't need to spend energy on so many things that we do, like digestion and excretion. Right. You know? Brilliant. So how many hours do they spend in the sun? No, they don't sit in, or they don't hang out in the sun or anything they are able to uh, get the sunlight energy. You As know, you they said, spend maybe half an hour, a few hours in the sun, but they don't purposely do it's, it. It's a know? spiritual journey. It's a spirit. So you, you are saying that 
gluten free diet and vegan diet almost go hand in hand we are trying to go back to nature and what is supposed to be eaten by us is what we should be eating and what lures you right yeah most often they're not we have to put ketchup and we have to put a lot of stuff into particular food to change the taste say also also if the raw food if it attracts you that's the one which should be eaten okay that's, that's so here's what i want to say you know the reason we are changing the taste is because the food tastes so bad these days and that's because it's grown non organically but if you grow your food organically it really tastes good and it's not a problem you know i want to add a few more things if you give me permission real quick yes, yes ma'am okay yeah, yeah, because yeah. you're an ophthalmologist and you know my dad is 85 right now and he's never had a cataract operation but and and he doesn't have cataract either and that's because and this is what i learned in this much time i learned that if you're on a healthy plant based diet cataract does not occur you know i've also you'll, you'll seen make, that you'll make me lose my job ma'am no 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 i will not <laughs> i will not um because no, no, there are so, too many so, people so, I, I, on a corollary to that i must tell you that i have operated a 108 year old saint also uh wow who who had a cataract so the dictum goes so he got me. it at that time i yeah. agree to disagree with you there that uh, if we live long enough we will get it so but but i appreciate that quality of life is different and and yes i i do take your word on that yeah i mean my 85 year old father is not on a single medicine and i you know and he's got energy more than me like he can walk 10 kilometers without batting an eyelid and something parkinson and alzheimer you think food has a great part in that how can we, we delay postpone and or avoid it okay so we have to think why are we getting dementia or alzheimers right, right. and that's because <clears throat> tiny arteries in our brain are getting blocked over period of time how can we prevent our arteries from getting blocked and do you know that actually blocked arteries can be reopened just with food just with Is food because if you consume fatty foods then the fat goes into the blood stream it thickens the blood now doctors give blood thinners for this but actually if you don't consume any fat and you, you can see this you know because like i'm treating many diabetics and they do finger prick to check glucometer and uh initially when they start especially in our 21 day program we see it all the time you prick and you press and then you get a drop of blood but as the blood goes thinner without using any oil you prick blood spurts out you know so blood becomes thinner when blood becomes thinner it starts dissolving the atherosclerosis and i want to recommend a book it's called prevent and reverse heart disease by caldwell assistant from the cleveland clinic one of the best clinics for heart health in the world okay uh, prevent and reverse heart disease by caldwell assistant where he shown angiograms before and after dietary change only brilliant i mean that was brilliant ma'am one question that i would like to ask since we talked about alkaline food there's a lot of gaga about alkaline water right. is that something which is interesting you know putting well, lemon in your water even though lemon is citric acid you know you put squeezed lemon easiest thing it is acidic but how does it convert into the alkaline nature in your body okay so all fruits and vegetables even lemon contains potassium and potassium is alkaline in our body and that's why sour has nothing to do with it sour is just the taste but in our body it's alkaline and there's no fruit and vegetable that's not alkaline in our body you know and that's why uh, but to to go back to alkaline water honestly i think it's a bit of a gimmick but i i'm not sure i haven't done research on that but here's the thing our body needs alkaline and if we eat plenty of fruits and vegetables we don't need alkaline water you know protein is more i mean high protein is more acidic as i already explained and grains and beans and seeds they are protein yeah right? i think 
we had a wonderful time understanding a lot we'll have to call you back for an extended conversation time has just flown by and it's it's been a great time where thank you so much for sparing your valuable time so that we could get some understanding so a milk and milk products are real no no very important for all diabetics hypertensives and a lot of with other immune problems very important takeaway for people at this point and juncture of life that we must be very clear that we have proof of the pudding she has done multiple number of people over the last two decades who have been cured of their insulin resistance of diabetes confidently this is not talking in the air this is not talking just like that she's got patients lined up who can vouch for it that yes this change in lifestyle changed their heart patterns opened up the blocks reduced their hypertension cured their diabetes the hyperlipidemias which were there would be responsible the thyroid problem your autoimmune disorders sle rheumatoid arthritis and the rest of the stuff i think how and even simple. kidney yes. even chronic kidney disease these days you know wow. because the cause is diabetes and hypertension and if you can handle diabetes and hypertension kidney disease can improve creatinine levels can go down brilliant i mean i had always heard that you are what you eat but the depth of that statement which is humongous it can write volumes and volumes in literature you are what you eat and you are what you think i think that's brilliantly explained by you this evening it's just the tip of the iceberg we will explore more on this <laughs> i never calculate yeah you don't i need. never calculate <laughs> but, but but that that itself shows from your structure that you are fantastic and that's that's the brilliant part thank you for being being with us and thanks very much for sharing some valuable inputs we will come back to you again at a later date in time and friends thank you for being with us this particular evening and i hope it changed your life it changed my evening i've been off milk for the past one month since i've spoken to her i will share my experience what happens to me in the next 3 months and thank you very much